Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 10 of Collecting Dead Man, a milestone episode. I am your host, Stephen Zeman, and I uh, thank you for joining me here again this week, as you do each and every week. I uh, hope you can subscribe to this podcast, leave me a five-star review. I really appreciate that. Uh, We have been at it for 10 weeks, my fellow Creatures of the Night. 10 episodes, multiple interview episodes, and we're just getting started. It's all thanks to uh, your support, your subscription to this podcast, and everything you do to uh, help it grow and to gain new followers that I continue to be here each and every week. I hope that uh, you will give me a follow on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Um, other ways you can support this podcast going forward, pick up some merchandise. I have three different merchandise stores with great designs up there. Hopefully something catches your eye. Uh, you can find me at Public. You can find me at Spreadshirt. And just recently, you can find me at Redbubble. Uh, you go to redbubble.com, search Collect Up Dead. Uh, it shows up... Uh, to view my shop and you can see all the designs up there. I of course will put all the links in the podcast description this week. Um, but uh, let's get this episode started as we do each and every week with Tales from the Grave. Tales from the Grave. Now, as we do each and every week in Tales from the Grave, I talk about my favorite Undertaker memory. Um, I pair that with my favorite Undertaker figure from that memory. I go into my favorite figure hunting memory that's related to that. And we talk about any news that has popped up within the week, whether it be dealing with Undertaker, Undertaker figures, or wrestling figures in general. And this week, I decided to do... uh, my favorite Undertaker memory being when he masqueraded as Kane. Now, um, my fellow creatures of the night will probably know that Undertaker uh, dressed as Kane on two occasions. Uh, he did it both on Monday Night Raws, one in 1998 to obtain a number one contendership uh, when he defeated Mankind, and the other one came in 1999 when he defeated Triple H in a match and also tried to uh, do his mind games against Vince McMahon in his pursuit for power and ownership of the company and also to uh, capture Stephanie McMahon. Um, We'll talk about the first one first in 1998. It was supposed to be a triple threat match. Undertaker, Kane, and Mankind Uh, who will go on and face Stone Cold Steve Austin at SummerSlam. Now, uh, it it, uh, progressed as Undertaker didn't come out for the match, and it was just Kane and Mankind, and Austin was on commentary. Uh, You know, they did the whole match showing, like, Undertaker doesn't want to fight his brother. He's in cahoots with him. They're developing this relationship to 
uh, undermine Austin's title reign so that they both can almost like take on Austin, gang up on him, and uh, take the t- uh, championship from Austin in almost like a, uh, a handicap match. Uh, so as the match progressed and Kane defeated Mankind, uh, it turned out that, uh, that Kane wasn't actually Kane. Kane turned out to be The Undertaker. He ripped off the mask at the end of the episode. He pointed to Austin and did his signature throat slash. Uh, this furthered the storyline that what's Undertaker doing with Kane's outfit? Did Kane give it to him to allow Undertaker to become number one contender so that Kane can somehow get a championship match from his brother that he has not been able to get another rematch from Austin? And of course, you know, that progresses into Undertaker and Austin teaming up together, uh, winning the uh, Tag Team Championships, which we'll get to later, and um, eventually Undertaker taking on Austin at the Highway to Hell in SummerSlam 1998. Now, a year later, um, Undertaker masquerades as Kane again, but this time to Uh, further his mind games against Vince McMahon and the corporation as a part of the Ministry of Darkness. Um, As we talked about a couple times on this uh, podcast, uh, during the Ministry of Darkness, Undertaker is talking about power struggles, uh, gaining ownership of the company, and um, the the best way he went about this, he was trying to uh, capture Stephanie McMahon, or gain some type of momentum going into this feud against Vince. Um, Vince came out after the Kane-Triple H match, demanding that Kane help him find his brother for him, demanded that he take action, that he uh, talk some sense into him, so to speak, and Kane wasn't moving in the ring, and Vince was berating him, yelling at him, and then that's when Kane removed the mask to reveal that he was the Undertaker. Undertaker then grabbed McMahon by his suit collar and McMahon's like trembling underneath his grasp and he's like telling him that he's gonna gain uh, what he wants and he's gonna destroy him and then the lights go out, lights come back on and then Undertaker's laughing and Vince is like in the ring uh, looking around and like trembling. The reason why I want to talk about this is because um, this is one of my first memories of The Undertaker uh, after that whole uh, crucifying Austin angle. I remember, as I've said before, my first memory of Undertaker is when he hung Austin on his symbol and then he was gone for a few months and I didn't tune into wrestling uh, Uh, religiously at that time but I remember watching Sunday Night Heat and they showed this as a uh, a raw flashback and then that prompted me saying oh my god he's back and then that leads to the the Wrestlemania match I've talked about uh, watching against him and Boss Man and that leads all into what has developed in today you know all these things combined added up to what has become today as my love and fandom for The Undertaker. So I can pinpoint the the moment being when he hung Austin on his symbol 
And then the second moment that got me back into watching for him was the him ripping off the mask and grabbing Vince uh, as I saw that replay on Sunday Night Heat. So uh, I always remember this uh, segment on Raw uh, bringing me back to watching for The Undertaker. Uh, one of my favorite segments, you can see how evil and demonic that character had become at this time. And um, just all of that combined, leading up to the WrestleMania match, his fight against the corporation, the merger of the two factions, and you know the rest of '99 and beyond. So I can you can I can pinpoint uh, certain things in my fandom, and of course this being a major one. And so um, wanted to talk about that memory for today. And of course, the figure history of Undertaker dressed as Kane, the only official figure that has come out is the Ringside Collectibles exclusive Dead Man's Revenge, Undertaker as Kane. Now I know you can uh, create many customs. You can create a Bone Crunching custom, a Titantron, a Ruthless Aggression custom, uh, but the only official figure that has, you know, talks about Undertaker dressing as Kane is the Dead Man's Revenge Ringside Collectibles exclusive. And it is definitely one of my favorite figures of him because of the memory I have associated with it. I will always remember him as Kane uh, grabbing Vince on Raw. I will always remember that. Uh, it's one of, uh, one of my favorite memories of him in a non-wrestling match. And of course, I was so excited to see when Ringside uh, had this exclusive figure a couple years ago. Uh, if you do not have this in your collection, uh, always it's always a good idea to pick up Ringside collectible exclusive figures because a, a good investment to sell or to trade because they go up in value once they are sold out online. Uh, this one is unfortunately sold out at the moment on the website. So if uh, anybody's looking to add it to their collection, I say if you find a great deal on it, you know, don't sleep on it, pick it up. It is a great figure. Uh, the box is great to display. You can leave it uh, sealed. It's, the, uh, it's uh, a cane mask, and you can only see the little cane mask and heads in the window. You don't see the Undertaker's face unless you split the tape and open the cardboard uh, uh, box and then the cardboard box flap opens to reveal the Undertaker's face on the cane body. And um, the Undertaker's face is, of course, based off the 1998 reveal when he won the number one contendership. And um, I just I love the box they created for the figure. I love the uh, the extra heads and the title belt they gave in the figure. It is uh, definitely my favorite Ringside Collectibles exclusive for obvious reasons, um, but it is a uh, great figure to add to your collection if you have not. And if you do have it, um, it's one of the best ones they have created, especially for Mattel. I know in Jax they had the, uh, the Brothers of Destruction Ringside exclusive that I still regret not picking up. And they had that Heaven and Hell exclusive, which is a great one between Undertaker and Michaels. But um, this one is definitely one of my favorite Mattel ones. 
and it is a uh, the figure history of that era for The Undertaker for this week for obvious reasons. Um, so bringing this back to a favorite figure hunting memory, since I couldn't, since it's not an in-store purchase, finding The Undertaker as Kane, I wanted to talk about finding my first Undertaker and Kane action figures. Now, as I've talked about on here before, I found my first Undertaker figure, you know, going to Toys R Us, uh, finding the Superstar Series 7 figure on the pegs, and, um, you know, but he always needs an, a nemesis when you're fighting in your little fig feds and when you're fighting with the action figures you can't just have the Undertaker you need somebody for the Undertaker to beat so I remember uh, finding Shotgun Saturday Night Series 2 Kane the one that came in the purple box um, I think uh, I don't remember what accessories he came with let me doing a live look up here um, to see what the accessories he came with. I just remember he came in the purple box. Uh, oh, here, yeah. He came with the barbed wire bat and a shovel. Yes, I remember this now, yeah. And he had the two sleeves, which was a, a different cane than what they were releasing before. They were releasing the one sleeve. So this is almost like an Inferno match cane or a perfect Undertaker imposter cane uh, base figure if you ever wanted to make a custom. In the bone crunching era. But I remember getting the shotgun Saturday night cane to face against my Superstar Series 7 Undertaker. And I uh, I found Superstar Series 7 Undertaker with my mom at Toys R Us. And I believe I got the shotgun Saturday night cane with my dad at KB. I remember, uh, you know, you always pick up these figures to have Undertaker fight, you know, Undertaker's got to defeat these people in my fig fed, and uh, I always remember that packaging of Kane with the shield and the purple box because I think I also uh, picked up the sable from the series. It's the sable with the sable bomb chair and the whip, and the uh, it's just a horrendous figure. It doesn't look anything like sable. But it's just a figure I always remember having for some reason in my collection when I was a kid. I think I also picked up uh, a Stone Cold that day. You know, you just... I, I always talk about here, you know, reminiscing about KB Toys. You know, you go in there, they had those, that aisle filled with wrestling figures. And it's just something that's so nostalgic, uh, especially for people my age and older. Remembering KB going into the mall and finding uh, anything you possibly wanted on the pegs. But I'll always remember the uh, Undertaker Superstar Series 7 box, the WrestleMania 15 packaging, and the Shotgun Saturday Night Series 2 cane in the purple packaging. Just something about those two figures, they, they click in my memory. And uh, those are the first two Undertaker and Kane figures I had in my collection. Um, I don't collect Kane, only if he's paired with The Undertaker. Um, something I may want to do if when I eventually have my collection on display is maybe have like a little Kane corner of, Kane, of um, memorable Kanes that 
had something to do with The Undertaker's career. I know Mattel is releasing that SummerSlam um, basic series Heritage this year, and Kane is based off his 2000 appearance, and that is, of course, the grudge match with Undertaker at SummerSlam 2000, so uh, may pick that up for the eventual Kane corner. Uh, because, you know, you can't have Kane without The Undertaker, and being as he was so instrumental in Undertaker's career, uh, maybe something I'm thinking of adding to my eventual collection display. Uh, so just, you know, just a couple Kanes that were, uh, that have something to do with Undertaker's career. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really collect Kane unless he has paired with Undertaker right now, but... As I was just saying, that may change in the future. But that is my favorite figure hunting memory. My first Undertaker and Kane finds. Uh, of course, Kane never won a match when I played with them as a kid. It was always Undertaker. Undertaker was always the champion. Undertaker beat anybody that came up against them. He was basically uh, my Stone Cold Steve Austin. So um, from that, we'll see if there's any uh, news or uh, in Taker's world or the action figure world this week. Um, I did find out while watching the A&E's Most Wanted Treasures uh, on Sunday that there is going to be a special episode of the Undertaker and Kane uh, episode uh, airing this Sunday with exclusive bonus footage. Uh, they're going to have footage that was cut from the... Uh, original broadcast so uh, if you have not yet seen the Undertaker and Kane episode of WWE's Most Wanted Treasures this Sunday is definitely the time to tune in it's going to be an extended episode with bonus scenes and material so uh, I am looking forward to seeing that this Sunday definitely something I will be talking about on next week's podcast I'll be talking about anything new that they discover, anything new they talk about. Hopefully, they give a uh, a longer inside look in Undertaker's um, storage locker. Like I said on the episode while discussing this one, uh, Michelle McCool actually posted photos back when they were filming this of all the things that they she was uncovering as well. She was finding the Hasbro figures. She was finding original gloves. Um, magazines, uh, games, um, all this type of stuff from his career. And I think it'd be really cool if they uh, looked deeper into that, into his storage locker, see what he finds. So uh, I would definitely be talking about that in next week's podcast, uh, see what else they add to the episode. But that is uh, something fun to look forward to. I hope everybody's been watching the Most Wanted Treasures episode. It is fun to see the uh, different things that the superstars find uh, in collectors' collections around the country. It is uh, a fun show, and uh, it's definitely one of my favorite things to watch in terms of wrestling nowadays. Uh, because without Undertaker on Raw or SmackDown, it's not something I tune into anymore. Uh, I always said to myself, once he has retired, I'm only going to tune in uh, if he is advertised on the show. And it's something I'm sticking to. Uh, it's nothing really that grabs my attention. 
on the weekly programs anymore so I just stick to watching vintage uh, programming and the biographies and the most wanted treasures things that they have on now so um, that is it in terms of Undertaker news in terms of action figure news ringside collectibles actually put up a few new pre-orders this week uh, the pre-orders for Elite 86 has actually been shipping out the SummerSlam wave um, I'm interested in getting that Chase Triple H figure actually if I if uh, um, when that comes back in stock and or if I get a chance to find it in the stores eventually because that is the red tights Triple H that's uh, like almost corporate ministry era Triple H you know right right after he turns against DX when he goes into corporation is also the tights he wore I think on a raw when he uh, was with Undertaker and stuff like that so the red tights Triple H chase uh, is something I may pick up they also put up for pre-order the Rock and Mankind 2-pack uh, Rock and Sock Connection uh, it's based off the This Is Your Life Rock segment and also uh, when Rock and Mankind win the Tag Team Championships from The Big Show and The Undertaker uh, so that's a fun 2-pack to pick up they also put up the basic series uh, Top Picks uh, 2022 with Drew McIntyre, The Rock, John Cena, and um, uh, Bray Wyatt. They also put up a couple of AEW items, the Tag Team Toy Wrestling Belt, and the Barbed Wire Accessory Pack. So if any of that... Um, catches your eye and you want to pre-order it ringside collectibles is the best uh, uh, way to go they take great care in uh, shipping out your items and shipping them out to you fast they have great customer service and they have tons of coupon codes for you to use to save yourself 10% hopefully one day this podcast gets a coupon code Maybe one day when the podcast gets big enough and I, I, tw- I tweet a ringside enough, maybe they'll take notice and uh, give me a 10% off coupon code to share with all the wonderful creatures of the night. Well, that is it for uh, Tales from the Grave for this week. Now we get into weekly purchases where we start digging up Dead Man. course in weekly purchases I talk about all the uh, things that have come in the mail either through FedEx UPS or USPS by ways of Macari or eBay or the things that I have found in the stores now this week like many of the other weeks nothing really has uh, perked my interest or caught my eye in the stores but online is a totally different story this week I have managed to get the um, Attitude Beanie Bear from The Undertaker, the Lord of Darkness Bear. He, um, I don't know if I talked about this in a previous episode about obtaining this one, but this one I got sealed in the original plastic, and it has an original plastic uh, case around the tag. So I consider that a major upgrade from the one I have uh, 
had in my collection before. So I will be parting ways with the old Attitude Beanie Bear I had. Um, because it did not come in plastic. It did not have the uh, little plastic case for the tag. And so when I saw this one, it was like a, a definite upgrade. So I had to pick that up. And that came in the mail this week. Uh, the other thing that came in the mail this week is called an Undertaker Pro Cube. And um, if you remember my interview with Canaanite, he was talking about the cube uh, with Kane, uh, with all the different images on there. And when you open it up, it creates larger images. Well, I was able to find uh, the Undertaker Cube still in the package. Um, it is, you know, him on one side, he's uh, choke slamming Shawn Michaels. And if you, I saw the, uh, I looked up one uh, loose to see, you know, what's the different images and what does it create. And um, if you open them up all the way, it creates the, a large image of the uh, Undertaker doing his signature uh, Shakespeare pose. I, it looks like it could be even the one after the um, Inferno match. It's him in the, the middle of the ring in his uh, Lord of Darkness attire. Uh, could be the, the Inferno match without the flames. And of course on the other side it's him uh, hoisting Shawn Michaels right before he catapults him into the side of the Hell in the Cell. And on the other side is a, a promo shot of him. Uh, there's the WWF Attitude logo in purple smoke. And uh, of course, the, the main image is him uh, choke slamming Shawn Michaels in the. It's all. It looks like the Royal Rumble casket match. Shawn Michaels has his red tights, and Undertaker in the Lord of Darkness attire. So I picked that up as well this week, and. Uh, uh, a fun thing that came with this cube, it came with some super-sized uh, WWF stickers. And a few of those stickers uh, was uh, The Undertaker. And so that's fun stuff to add to my collection. Uh, it has The Undertaker in the Lord of Darkness robe and his uh, logo name all behind him. So um, I love picking this kind of fun stuff up for my collection. Um, these vintage merchandise things that probably was only released in a couple stores, maybe was released in a merch stand at a live event. Uh, so that's the stuff that has entered into my collection this week. The Attitude Bear, the Pro Cube, and some supersized stickers of The Undertaker. I will be posting images on my social media this week to give... Uh, my followers a look into uh, the weekly purchases that has come uh, into my collection so keep an eye on Twitter and Instagram so you can see uh, what has entered my collection this week and of course if I uh, pick up anything uh, after this recording I will save it for next week's weekly purchases and um, hopefully some more fun stuff uh, makes its way into my collection for next week so um, that is it for Digging Up Dead Man, weekly purchases for this week. Now we go on to Taker's Mark, and uh, I got a fun match to discuss with you this week. 
Taker's Mark. Now, as you know, in Taker's Mark, I talk about my favorite Undertaker match and a favorite Undertaker figure depicting that match. Now, earlier in the episode, I talked about uh, Undertaker masquerading as Kane to obtain the number one contendership match against Stone Cold Steve Austin at SummerSlam 1998 Highway to Hell. And in between winning the number one contendership and going on to SummerSlam, Undertaker and Stone Cold make a detour at fully loaded 1998 where they face Kane and Mankind for the WWF Tag Team titles. Now since I talked about Undertaker as Kane in the beginning winning that match to become number one contender, I figured it's only fair to discuss this detour match here in Taker's Mark because it is a fun match. It is um, a fun little detour for Undertaker and Austin to take at this time and it also serves so much purpose in propelling the storyline with Undertaker and Stone Cold and Undertaker and Kane forward. Now a little backstory before this match of course Undertaker has just come off uh, that infamous Hell in the Cell match with Mankind uh, the month prior. Uh, also the month prior Undertaker has won the number one contendership uh, to fight Stone Cold for the WWF Championship. Now in between all this Vince McMahon is telling Austin you know you shouldn't trust Undertaker uh, you know you can't trust him as your tag team partner he's you know in cahoots with Kane they're going to go against you of course this is Vince uh, not wanting Austin to be champion anymore this is uh, Vince trying to create um, that evil character that everybody wants to hate that you know he's against Austin but also he wants to portray himself as only looking off looking after Austin's best interests so of course after him dressing as Kane and uh, them uniting all of a sudden you know it gets people thinking oh is he really in cahoots with Kane are they really um, you know uh, going behind Austin's back and then trying to gang up on him to win the title so all this so this all accumulates at fully loaded 1998 in the WWF Tag Team Championship match while Austin Undertaker take on Kane and Mankind. Um, this is a fun match. I am currently watching the pay-per-view as I record this. Um, I, I like the, the, the visuals of Austin flipping off Undertaker and then Undertaker flips off Austin. Um, I remember that part in the match, Austin, on the apron, Undertaker flips him off, and then Austin laughs, and he, like, it's something like, I don't know if it was planned, it's, like, feels like it took Austin by surprise, Undertaker would do that, you know, it's just fun things that these guys did during the match, um, you know, it's great back and forth action, you know, you have Austin, you have Kane, and you have Mankind in there, all three top rivals of The Undertaker, all three who are instrumental in The Undertaker's career, um, especially in the Attitude Era, and all three who uh, owe a lot to The Undertaker in getting their careers um, where they were at that time and beyond. 
you know, uh, if there was no Undertaker, there'd be no Kane. Austin always talks about it was Undertaker's uh, willingness to give him the um, skull logo because Vince McMahon was unwilling to give Austin um, the, the uh, skull logo for his merchandise because he felt that was only for Undertaker. So Undertaker said that Austin can use whatever he wants, he can use that, and Austin always credits Undertaker for uh, giving him that so that he can, you know, have merchandise and get that logo out there. And of course, Mankind is synonymous with the Undertaker Hell in the Cell match. So you have all these three guys whose careers are linked to the Undertaker and also whose Undertaker's career is linked through them. All in this match, it ends up uh, ending with Undertaker giving a tombstone pile driver to Kane, Austin making the save, preventing Mankind from breaking up the pin, and Undertaker and Austin winning the Tag Team Championships. Uh, this would be Undertaker's first Tag Team Championship reign. He would go on to win it with Big Show twice the next year. He would go on to win it with The Rock in 2000, and he would go on to win it with Kane in 2001. So every year from 1998 to 2001, Undertaker is a tag team champion. This kicks it off. Um, it's uh, it, The match ends with Undertaker taking both titles with him to the back, uh, which leaves the audience in type of like, is Undertaker going to turn on Austin? Is he going to give him the championship? Are they going to work as a unit? And of course, that is answered the next night on Raw when Undertaker does indeed give Stone Cold his championship belt. And they act as a cohesive tag team defending the titles for the next couple weeks on Raw until they are eventually defeated. Uh, I think they are defeated by either the New Age Outlaws. No. They are defeated again by Kane and Mankind. I remember that Kane uh, tombstones the Undertaker, and then that's how they win the championships back. And then Austin comes suspicious of the Undertaker's motives because Undertaker um, immediately sits up after the three count. Uh, so it makes it look like that maybe Undertaker took the dive for Kane. Uh, sets up more of that McMahon cahoots storyline because that is almost near the SummerSlam pay-per-view. Uh, they're thinking Kane is going to help Undertaker win the title. And, um, you know, all that storyline comes to a head at SummerSlam where you have the big match. Uh, Kane appears, Undertaker sends him back. So it just stays one-on-one. -on -one. And eventually Austin uh, retains the championship. Undertaker gives the, the championship a sign of respect, and then that goes into the whole uh, the whole fiasco at the end of '98 with the Undertaker and Kane pinning Austin. The championship become vacant. Undertaker and Kane beating up on Vince, uh, using the steps to crush his ankle. He has Vince in the wheelchair, sets up that whole thing. Uh, and it uh, culminates in that tournament that Survivor Series crowns Rock as champion. And uh, there you go. That, so this, this whole uh, WWF championship turmoil 
Uh, it all starts here at Fully Loaded with Undertaker and Stone Cold winning the Tag Team Championships, holding it for a couple weeks, losing it, and then the Kane Kahoot storyline continues into SummerSlam and beyond. So that uh, is the Taker's Mark match of the week. And of course, the favorite Undertaker figure that depicts this match, I went with the Jacks Bone Crunching Action 2 Tough Series 3 Undertaker Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, 2 Pack. I went with this because logically it's Undertaker and Austin paired together. The Phenom, the Rattlesnake, as they brand it. Uh, they are the tag team champions at the end of this match. Uh, it is Superstar Series 7 Undertaker. It is Vest and Jeans Stone Cold. It's uh, a perfect representation of them as they appear here. And that uh, is why I went with it for this week's Taker's Mark. And uh, now we move on to the last segment of our episode, my favorite segment, where we bury it alive. Well, it is that time of the week, Creatures of the Night, where we talk about a weird or odd Undertaker item. Uh, we just discuss what the item is, why we are burying it alive, and see how long it takes to add to my collection. This week, we will be discussing the 1998 WWF Attitude Squidheads Undertaker. Now, as many of you may know, uh, WWF released uh, Squirt Heads back in the early 90s. I think either LJN or Hasbro produced those. Undertaker did not have a original Squirt Head, but he did have one released in the Attitude Era, as he did many other things. And many things have been buried alive already on the show. Now, uh, joining The Undertaker in this series is, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Now, what makes this Buried Alive is because, you know, just the concept of it. If you're looking to, you know, annoy people with squirting water guns and everything, you know, this fits it. This is perfect for you. You know, you dunk the head into water, you fill it up, and you can go around squirting water at people and, you know, you know, making a total uh, jerk out of yourself and annoying uh, your neighbors and family members as you go along. Uh, so if that's your reasoning for it, it's perfect. Uh, as a display piece, it's, you know, eye-catching. You know, not too many times do people have a head of your favorite superstar on display. Uh, but Undertaker, Stone Cold, and Rock do. Uh, but yeah, it's a good likeness of The Undertaker. You can tell it's The Undertaker. He's got his brown hair, his goatee. It's uh, definitely Lord of Darkness pre-Ministry Undertaker. He's got the full goatee, not just the uh, Beelzebub half goatee. Uh, Austin looks like Austin and Rock looks like Rock. So all three have a good likeness. Uh, we are just burying it alive just because... Of what it is. It is a squirt head. It is odd. It's weird. It's something that would only be produced in the Attitude Era or in the Golden Era. Uh, but yeah, it's just an odd, interesting item. You know, 
they were pumping out merchandise faster than you can collect it back then and this is definitely one of those pieces they just thought you know slap our uh, logo on it and put it in, I don't even know where this was released in uh, this was you know released before I got into collecting stuff so it looks like it may have been uh, a Dollar General or a uh, KB Toys thing that you would find this in but yeah it's an Undertaker squirt head it's something that I've been trying to find actually for a decent price for my collection um, you know it's something I wouldn't spend more than five to eight dollars on uh, but it is something that's cool it's released in either a netting packaging or a plastic bag, uh, plastic bag packaging uh, but it's fun. It's a cute little display piece. Uh, definitely a conversation starter and definitely worthy of being buried alive this week. Well, Creatures of the Night, that takes us to the end of this episode. Episode 10 is in the books. And I just want to thank you for joining me again on this weekly uh, journey through Death Valley as we dig up Undertaker merchandise, memories, and more. As uh, we continue rolling along, I hope you will continue with me on this journey. Please follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead. Please follow me on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Continue to subscribe to this podcast or subscribe if you have not yet. Leave us a five-star review. And make sure to visit one of our three merch shops. You have plenty of designs and merchandise options to choose from. I will leave the links in the podcast description. So hopefully you can all find something that catches your eye and that you can start collecting Dead Man too. Well, until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Follow my collection catalog at CollectingDeadMan.blogspot.com. And I have now opened two online stores so you can pick up some cool merchandise and support the podcast. You can find that at tpublic.com slash user slash CollectingDeadMan and shop.spreadshirt.com slash collecting dead man. Until next time, creatures of the night. <laughs>